Welcome to the Let It Bleed podcast, a place where you can hear the liquor-fueled ramblings of two narcissistic wizards who conjure the essence of inspirational people every week and bring it straight to you. Just how do you plan on doing that? Magic. Motherfucker. And now for the wizards themselves, David Amaya and Phil Arroyo. Oh, let's kick this party off. I can't wait. Let's get it. So, All right, boy. We have on the show Star Fox once again returning to have a discussion on his favorite topic, which is astrology. Um, he's very <laughs> well, very well versed in it. Uh, coming, coming straight from the stars oh, right. himself. He. Uh, I thought we were talking about Smash Brothers. Well, Smash Brothers and, and astrology. I think, I think Star Fox knows a little something about that. Well, yeah, he does know about that too, I'm sure, because uh, you know that's what Sagittarius's do. They play video games all the time. It's like pretty much written in their well birth. It's written in their birth charts. Okay. Yeah, right. It is. Um, so why don't you go ahead and tell us? Keep going and telling us about about what you like about the Switch. Okay, so um, first of all, I like that the controllers can disconnect from the screen. So if you're a lazy piece of shit at night, like I am sometimes. Yeah, like buddy. Set the screen on the table, and I can hold controllers that weigh like half a pound each, and really get super lazy. Um, oh yeah, I've straight like laid down on my side with my arms like around my hips playing a game. Yeah. Not connected to a controller, just like laying there. It's fantastic. Hmm. And of, of course, uh, I use it on a lot of my flights. So when I was flying around before the whole quarantine. Uh, Smash Brothers was the number one game I played. Same. Uh, so I like to practice, uh, you know, see who I can play on my alts and, and figure out how to smash even better. So, so Starbox, who is your main in Super Smash Brothers? Uh, Metroid. Really? It's not Star Fox. That's uh, amazing. So I played Star Fox pretty heavily when I first got the game. But you have to be super agile, really yeah. fast, um, and it was just like super difficult to take it to the next level. Where for some reason Metroid, I was like on it. So yeah. it's Sam, so sorry. Is it just these older games that like are revamped with new graphics, or are they very no. similar to the way they were? Whole... Were... They're what? Yeah, they're, they're whole new games. So they new. they. Yeah, they take like the the core concept and they always add to it. So for this like Super Smash Brothers, like they made one for the, the original one for the Nintendo 64 and they've uh -huh. made one for every console iteration since then. And like they've added like 65 characters and all these new modes, new game mechanics and stuff like that, but still at the heart of it, it is still that game. Uh -huh. So they have like Mario Kart, but there's you know 40 different uh, characters you can drive as and all these different ways you can customize the cart like you know tons and tons of new courses and online play and stuff like that so it's like it adds to it but it's still familiar enough you know so you're saying i should have bought this instead of that 40 dollar bootleg ass uh nintendo thing that i got um, yes yeah yes. yeah 100 okay. okay fuck well you know just money down the drain i don't think i can i don't think i can go back and, and make another investment in something new how much is it by the way that's a forty dollar uh, lesson that you'll never forget. Yeah, they're three hundred. Three hundred, but I guess that's like pretty reasonable because Kevin, you were saying that the PS Five now is it that's coming out is going to be like what, like seven hundred, eight hundred dollars? Oh, I think it's around like five hundred or six hundred. Um, 
whoa, you came in hot there. <laughs> you were just loud as fuck. Was that just me? Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. So I see all the volume levels, you know, being a producer. And so I was like adjusting to match your guys's. Uh, so I brought the mic a little closer and gave myself a little more gain. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. I was okay. thinking you were a little bit quiet there, but I'm like, if anybody has like their own monitors on right now and can hear it and is making minor adjustments as we're having the conversation, it's fucking Kevin. So I knew. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you were you were saying how much? Uh, probably like five six hundred dollars. Um, they want it to be affordable. It's gonna come around Christmas, so it needs to be something that you know parents can get for their kids. But the the specs on it are insane. Like if this is gonna, this isn't your mother's PlayStation. This is this is insane. <laughs> yeah, I was looking to those. No, no, that hardware was fucking powerful, man. Like, wow. Yeah, no, they're impressive. Does I never it... got into the PlayStation like, you know, uh, uh, family. Like I never had a PlayStation. Never really? got into it. Yeah, it's weird how like interesting how deep your like connections to certain things is can go for a lifetime like i got an xbox could have just as easily gotten a playstation 2 in like 2001 or some shit and i still play pc and xbox only never got a playstation well i i I mean i don't i'm not much of a gamer at all the last thing i owned was a ps2 a long time ago but i do remember uh when we had switched over because we had the nintendo we had super nintendo and then it came time we wanted the n64 because it was out all of our friends were playing it and our parents were like uh no you can't get that because uh somebody else some fucking nerd friend of ours told us that the playstation's better and there's going to be better games on this and you should get this instead and we were all reluctant at first and then we got it and i think that that perhaps was the better choice i don't know we never had but from then on it was all playstation stuff and i haven't played anything since then but you know you have uh the xbox and everything that comes out and i see all these people just going back and forth like hating each other it's kind of like you know the starks versus the lannisters uh uh it's just it's just funny that there's a rivalry between it but i mean wouldn't you want both um well i don't know like so i switched to xbox 360 and then got the one after that and that was after i was a playstation guy um, and that was because all my friends could afford the Xbox more. So when we played online, everybody had the Xboxes. So it was a lot easier to play online. They had a bigger online community, it felt like, than PlayStation. Yep. But over the last couple iterations and now this new one coming up, um, PlayStation is just, like, killing the game. And with Unreal Engine paired with a lot of their new games coming out, it's it's almost like reality inside the games is... You're like more alive in there than you are in real life. It's crazy how it looks. There are so many times I like look through the glass longingly and going like, oh, what could have been, you know, sad music plays. It starts raining for some reason on my side. (laughs) That is still a whole other world that I have not uh, dove into yet where you actually interact with other people from around the world on a video game. Like aside from like words with friends where you like challenge other fucking people (laughs) or something like that. Yeah. It's not really the same thing, but like, I've never, I've never really gotten into that. And I just, it's something that's daunting because I feel that it's like a whole other thing. I would get just sucked into and just like troll fucking people from other countries or or whatever. (laughs) Oh my God. Those are, those are some of like the defining moments of like my adolescence there. It's just like fucking with people and stuff like that. Like it's so much fun. You meet these people on like fucking, 
I've been to somebody who I met through World of Warcraft. I've been to yeah, their World of Christmas Warcraft. wedding. Yeah. I was just going to say that too. World of Warcraft, I That's started playing huge. that with Justin Olsen and uh, Dream Life. Shout out to that man. But um, he got me into the game and they're, they have so, it's the biggest massive multiplayer online RPG, MMORPG if you're a gamer, <laughs> um, that there is. And, and uh, I mean, their community is awesome. Like you would think it's like uh, the, um, what is that show? So, uh, South Park episode where the dude's like sitting back in his chair, super yeah. fat, like can't breathe and everything. <laughs> it's But it's not a bunch of those people. It's like a bunch of people just like you and me that uh, have awesome personalities and you get your trolls. And, well, there's got to be some people like that, you know, though. You get your orcs and you get your yeah. uh, your tauren too, you know? There's got to be some people that are like that, though. Like, I mean, I don't yeah, know. But- but you also get lots of really great people and like you get to meet people that are from Japan and, and play with people from London and stuff, depending on which server you hop on. But True. like you, you get to meet people from around the world and, and there's a lot of unique, interesting people that you can meet through. Wow. Um, and I feel like the since the quarantines hit, there's been a resurgence of people now going back to that game and enjoying that al- online connectivity. So do you guys recently start playing? Um, he got me into it, um, in the iteration that had pandas in it. Uh, okay. I forget which one it was. The um, Mists of Pandaria. I stopped yeah, playing of Pandaria. a long time before that, but I was like, oh, okay. I still yeah. like around it a lot. I see it. And that, that one to me, like looked cheesy at first. I was like, I don't know if I could get into this, but I had to grind from the first games cause they make you play through the original, mm-hmm. uh, wow. So you get into the newest, um, version. So I got to get like an introduction into the the past stuff. And I, I hear like back in the day when you had to sit for hours and collect enough people to go raiding and it was like a whole night and oh, stuff. Dude. And like, yeah. it was insane. So I know it comes from an awesome history. And I was coordinating 40 man raids at 14 years old. Like that shit yeah, was awesome. intense, dude. Working with people, trying to make sure everybody's like doing their homework, bringing the right equipment, watching the videos, knowing the strategies and stuff like that. Our wars are oh, going to be fought brutal. by little little teenage gamers, like eleven to like fourteen year old, just like war games with Matthew Broderick, right? Like it's like yeah. video game people that are going to be controlling drones and shit in the future. I mean, weird. We kind of already are doing that. Yeah, <laughs> with fourteen year olds, <laughs> like. Oh, I mean, like drone young, pilots but... and stuff like that. Like, yeah. literally, I think the army recruits from games and stuff. I could totally wow. see that, or like nuclear subs and stuff. Like, you're that's just pretty much like a video game. You're wearing glasses and listening to cues of sounds and hitting buttons and looking at monitors. It's like the same thing you do on a video game. Yeah, it's wow. fucking, it's intense, man. Interesting. Of, I've been playing a lot of Rainbow lately. And that is oh, like nice. super military. Like everybody's got to communicate. You got to ping things out. It's Wait, very Rambo. Realistic. It's called Rainbow Six. Um, it's one of the games we Clancy, make. Clancy, I think. Yeah, Tom Clancy. Uh, yeah, Tom Clancy. Oh, yeah. okay, Tom Clancy film, espionage. Totally. Yeah. The yeah. only, no. the only <laughs> game that I, it, it's not espionage. It's not. Uh, yeah, that's it's, a that's a big element of it. Okay. Yeah, I guess uh, the only video game that I've ever actually beat that I felt accomplished after was uh, Metal Gear Solid, which was pretty much. Uh, oh, I love Metal Gear Classic. Solid. Yeah, that was That's like one of my all-time favorites. Big pat on the back for me after doing that, and I was like, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, I don't know what it was, and I, and we talked about it. I wish I could get back into it, but there's just, it's just too much. I'm already 
I'm already trying to catch up with everything else See, that I'm doing. I feel like you would love Metal Gear Solid so much because it's basically a game about all these fucking conspiracies you keep bringing up. <laughs> like, yeah. it is so, just all the plots are all just like there. It's like, oh, and then this is connected to this. And then Bill Gates, well, you got to sneak into this place in Kuwait so you can, uh, you know, really uncover what Bill Gates is up to. Like All of Tom Clancy's movies and books are, are all of his, all the stories are basically about that, right? They're all uh, conspiracies and big, uh, big, big spy yeah, soldiers spot yeah that kind of thing right right well i and also so, heard that metal gear solid was like loosely based off of uh snake pliskin from uh escape from new york and la because yeah. his name I mean, oh, yeah. his name is snake, snake. and he snake has an eye patch you know yeah. what his real name is his name is david you actually when you beat the when you beat the game uh he introduces himself that. to that hot chick his name his name's david yeah so well, i didn't I know like, that Unless, you know, well, this was before uh, they had the technology to personalize it to people. So, yeah, his name was David. I mean, I'm sure they could do it now to where it kind of like just goes to uh, whoever, whatever your name is, whoever's playing the game, if they wanted to. Right. Um, usually they keep it snake uh, for consistency. I'm just saying, when developing a game, they they would have the capability of doing that for a game today. Nobody really bothers, but. Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyways, you were mentioning that you like to play uh, this Switch when you were boarding planes to go to different shows and such. Where have you gone recently or in the last, since we've last yeah, talked to you? Let's catch up. Let's, let's uh, you know, forget the coronavirus part, but let's catch up to when the last time you're on till now is because some fucking killer kick ass stuff has been happening. So fucking, what's up? Well, well, so last year uh, I got to fly out to Portland, um, San Francisco. Uh, you know, I did shows in San Diego and Las Vegas and L.A. and Orange County, um, and just out in the desert a bunch, like a, every every sort of different desert spot between uh, Barstow and Vegas that you can find. Um, and you know, ever since quarantine's hit, it's been a lot of digital live streams, but those have been based in all sorts of cool new places that I'm hoping to travel to after this. So um, one of them was in Boston. The other one uh, I just played was in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, in a couple weeks, I'm playing one that's based in Chicago. So I'm getting around the map. Um, also in June, or no, actually it's beginning of July, I'm going to play one that's um, based in Florida. So I'm hoping to, um, to get my name out into the East Coast more um oh yeah i forgot the gradient perspective too that's washington dc so like hitting all over on the east coast now to balance with the west coast and hopefully i can get around to the entire united states after this thing is out and do a, a tour in a couple damn places. dude that is clever yeah i kind of didn't really think of it like that as like that opportunity to branch out into new places that's fucking awesome man yeah, it's 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 a cool thing because there's a whole bunch of different people that have never heard my sound and new artists I'm playing along with, you know, that I I'm setting up connections with to collaborate and make songs with. Um, and there's some smaller groups throwing shows that are going to be the future of events, and there are bigger bigger groups that are hitting me up that are throwing major events. So it's kind of a whole hodgepodge of things that are going to be immediately awesome next year and things that might blossom into like major huge you know, lightning in a bottle or bigger style festivals in a couple years. Yeah. That live stream for lightning in a bottle was pretty top notch as far as all the, as, you know, compared to a lot of the ones that I've been seeing, 
it's it's kind of like a whole new territory that uh, people and and organizers are exploring. You know, uh, trying to create live streams that are appealing for everybody because we know that there's so many of them, and some yeah. are just not as entertaining or as uh, they don't carry the same level of production as others. But I think that you know EDC that uh, we were catching a little bit of the EDC one um, a yeah. couple of weeks back. Yeah, I know. Uh, but uh, but like you know you can tell obviously they've got the money and they've, they're putting a lot of stuff into it because yeah. it's taking the place of the festival but lightning in a bottle um has and they it for someone like lightning for an organization like lightning in a bottle who's gotten a lot of uh mixed reactions to their decision on how they handled the uh you know cancellation of the event and and not being able to uh you know obviously give people their refunds back and, and whatnot. Um, it's, it was very important, I think, for them wait, to wait, be able to... I'm sorry. Wait, what? They didn't refund people's money? Uh, they, they, pr- At they first, pretty- they said they couldn't, but um, the, ever, ever since, they've made some different options. So you can either get, like, tickets for next year's event, or you can get, like, um, s- merchandise subsidized, I think, like, at a discount. Or you can ask for a refund, but they're asking for people to um, just put it towards next year's event so that they can stay afloat. And I kind of under I kind of understand it because like it's like if if you're going to throw a party at your house and you spent, you know, two, three months planning this party and you bought a bunch of liquor and lights and, you know, you bought you bought a sound system for it and you hired hired all these acts. And then your party comes up and it's canceled, but you've spent all that money. And then right. people that have helped, you know, put money towards the party. Now they want all the money back and you're just in the hole, but to the tune of like 20 to $50,000, yeah. um, which, you know, it's, it's hard to come out of that. Cause uh, a lot of these guys, they're not, they're not loaded. They're not just sitting on piles of money. So yeah. I think it, I think it was important for the live stream. It, I think it really helped for their entire brand. And I think it was owed to the, the crowd. And I saw up to like 20,000 people on the stream at certain points. So Damn. Yeah. It, it was definitely connecting That's with big, the, yeah. the crowd. Yeah, yeah, it was very like virtual. Like, you know, they simulated the woogie stage, but in a much cooler way uh, than than I would have expected. Um, and yeah, it was it was neat to, to check that out. The, I guess, if anything, from that whole situation, because I, I agree with you, I don't really uh, blame the the blame the do lab for for what they had to do, because it's tough, you know, when you're organizing these events, I'm like, they didn't plan that. They didn't plan for coronavirus to happen and uh, for, for everybody to just have to, you know, cancel all of these events. But I think that uh, a lot of the frustration came from people who, you know, when buying these tickets, they purchase a bunch of tickets for like other friends. And so they like have all of these like thousands of dollars worth of tickets on their thing. And then they, <laughs> they don't get their money back and people aren't, um, you know, like paying them for it. So it's all in their card, which that's your fault, not the organization's fault. Well, yeah. Uh, and, and remember like at least 70% of them all lost their jobs too. So right. like that yeah, they would yeah, need, yeah. they, they need that money now. Like it's like, number one, I'm not going to the show anymore. And number two, I'm broke as a joke. So I like the average person only has maybe $500 saved up and they all burnt through that in like maybe beginning of March. So that, right you know like this i mean the the festival is supposed to be what here in may so it's just it's it's tough it it probably hit lightning in a bottle harder than any other festival you know 
because yeah, they have they were, they were the least amount of time to plan for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, it sucks. And you got to imagine too that everybody, like most of the people that are going, probably not uh, investment bankers. No, or a no. lot of people that are working from home. You know. Exactly. Yeah. A lot. A lot of them are hurting for money right now. So I understand them wanting their money back. I know my roommate had the same thing happen. He bought a ticket and he was like, I wonder when they're going to refund it. And then he's like, oh, they're not going to refund it. So I followed this like yeah. from the from the very beginning, seeing it, you know, that's, yeah, that's, it's definitely right. tough. Um, but as I said, I think that they at least did a great job of presenting a good uh, live stream because we could get into the ones that are not so good the ones that you didn't like right kevin <laughs> i mean you know it's it, you just gotta you gotta take some forethought yeah, you know man. like i'm not gonna name any names or anything but like when you decide to run a live stream there's different techniques you know and um it's all trial and error right now not everybody knows but i think that this is going to turn into something really awesome because there's going to be now festivals that are going to be able to dual cast online as well as having the festival in person. Mm -hmm. So like something you might want to see in Rio de Janeiro, you know, down in Brazil or like Barcelona. I know how you like Spain, you know, like they're going to be able to show like these events online as well as putting them um, in person. And I think that's going to help festivals not only, be able to sell more tickets and sell more merchandise and make more money and have the artists get more money but it's going to increase exposure because around the world we're all going to be able to tune in so i think this is going to be a really big thing for um festivals going in the future is to have the ability to dual cast both online as well as in person yeah yeah, that's one big upside to all this is that i think people are learning this you know what i think is probably a pretty good skill something that's like gonna be important like was always gonna be important for things going forward you know yeah and it's amazing to watch like how bad a lot of like you know because all these like tv shows like are switching over and stuff like that a lot of these people who are isolated now have to figure out their own setup and it's just hilarious to watch how bad the the quality of you know something like the i don't know wendy williams is to like uh yeah, any yeah. twitch streamer you know well do we know how this is affecting uh, production for you know films and shows and such? Like, is there is this? Yeah, is they're this sort not of, doing it. They're just yeah, not they're, doing it. No, because it takes too many people to film. Right. You know, so they so they can't what, isolate them all in like let's say New Zealand and have their families not be with them and stuff. It, it's all complicated. Oh shit! The real crisis is going to start once people run out of fucking new shows to watch. They're gonna. It's going to be nuts. People are going to go crazy. Oh well, yeah. Right? <laughs> I think we'll I think we'll survive it. I think there's enough content to keep going. Like they had already had most of their releases planned for Netflix and Hulu for most of the year. So I think we'll come up with stuff. I actually would prefer if networks would put on reruns and like rebroadcast awesome stuff from the past instead mm -hmm. of make some of this weird stuff like Saturday Night Live has been trying to do uh, and episodes and they've been terrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. absolutely god-awful terrible. And then there's things, you know, like I watch Bill Maher sometimes, and his show, like, the interviews are interesting now, but he starts it with a laugh track and the same kind of intro he did before, but it sounds really weird Oof. that it's not a real audience. It's a laugh track. Like, it's, like, really gimmicky. And then, right. like, John, John Oliver, I watch him, and he's just he's... broadcasting from the void, and he's doing awesome because it's yeah, he's doing great. content. 
Like, yeah. and it sh- just shows how important content is. He's definitely way better than Bill Maher, in my opinion, as far as, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, he, it's, yeah, excellent shit um, from him for sure. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I found interesting as we're starting to see the death of cinema, I think, because I, AMC vowed to never play another Universal movie in their theaters again, which is like half of the oh, movies shit. that are made up And there. now look what happened to them. Wow. Well, yeah, well, they vowed to do that because I guess that, you know, Universal saw the success of releasing movies uh, on demand instead of in theaters first, you know, giving that wait period they are going to still do it while they really, they, they were planning on still continuing to do so even after the quarantine and you and AMC was like, nah, fuck that. Like, you know, that's, uh, that's taking away money from us. And so they vowed apparently to never uh, play a universal film in AMC theaters. And that is, hmm. I mean, what they just filed for bankruptcy? I, I guess AMC? so. Uh, that, that might've followed because when I'm talking about, I heard this maybe about a month ago. Um, so, and I mean, I'm, I can't imagine that they're going to be staying afloat. Like, what, what, how could you keep all of those theaters open? And, uh, and at the same time, you're literally taking away, like, a major percentage of the films that are being produced still in Hollywood. Otherwise, it's all through streaming services. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking rough, man. Uh, a lot of those places, I mean, a lot of places are just not going to open back up. And there's no, there's no way. I mean, there's... Oh, I'm getting so nervous watching everything start to open back up. Like, like today, there was a lot of people getting the official word that it was okay. Like removing yeah. into phase three stuff. And and luckily, we haven't seen uh, you know giant spikes yet. Um, but I am very nervous. I mean, we are seeing numbers go up and up and up everywhere. Well, but, it, uh, it doesn't go up pretty soon. I was at the beach riding riding my bike uh, yesterday. I decided to go out and ride the, down the boardwalk and. I mean, I wasn't surprised to see a lot of people out there, but there was there were absolutely like like less than one percent of the people out there were wearing masks. It was. Uh, oh, it was, yeah. yeah it I've was, seen a lot of that. It's bad. And very close to each other, too. So um, I don't know. <laughs> I, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I've been going to the beach quite a bit over the last uh, couple of weeks trying to turn this quarantine in, into like a little vacation. So going out and taking my dog out and reading and stuff. But um, it's been really tough to avoid people. Like I tried to go on like a Monday, like yesterday, and the beaches were insanely packed. Well, so it I was just Memorial came... Day, so that was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, let's yeah, uh... that, I learned. Well, I'm learning that that was not a normal Monday. But <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> like I went four times last week, too. And it's just like people are kind of distancing, but. There's a good chunk of people that just like will walk directly at me and not make any space for me at all. So I have to like constantly go around people and Mm -hmm. I don't mind making the effort. I just wish more people were aware of just everybody around them. We need more empathy and more people realizing others around them. I feel like uh, because of cell phones and our society, everything's just like in blinders, you know, Mm -hmm. and people accurately being able to judge how much distance six feet is. Because yeah, apparently right? nobody fucking get, they're like basically shoulder to shoulder. I'm like, this is not six feet, bro. Get the fuck away from me. Yeah. I, if I can smell you, like we got a problem. <laughs> yeah. And if you're blowing vape clouds in my face and stuff, like I don't, I don't want that. Nobody yeah, ever wanted that. Off, hit the yeah. vape, put the mask back on, exhale. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. 
yeah, that's oh, not man. something you want anytime, COVID or not. You don't want that funky ass vape shit that came out of your mouth and uh Or maybe it, it helps. Who knows? There's all those like there's all those uh studies coming out of like uh France and some in China now. They're like do did like cigarette smokers maybe smoke France their lungs like- into being so shitty they they're not good enough to like they're not healthy enough to take in the coronavirus? Right. <laughs> like that, well, that's, oh my god. Did, was it well, you who was telling well, us? Was it, it either was saying about how France was like being the uh like the most densely uh, populated area of smokers, like that's where they have the most smokers uh, per capita. It's just it, it's in Paris, and they were compared to Italy and other places around were just like not hit at all. It seems. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of the working theory now. Of course, fucking extreme um, warning labels and shit like that. Like all these other things. Don't go ahead and just take my word from this. But the theory. Is that yeah? Essentially, they their lungs are kind of so fucked up. They they're not taking in enough of like the protein that bonds with the coronavirus to like you know make it in and and get it to replicate and stuff like that. Um, That's so the theory is that they're less likely to get it. But if they do get it, because it's so possible, then it's a lot worse. Hmm. That's their like working theory right now. They're trying to test stuff and never go off of like just one well study. we already know that this is all bs because it's actually something that bill gates put out a long time ago where oh, he, could, he could turn it on and turn it off so it could affect people randomly it's all just a, it's a coercion thing it's trying to throw you off uh deep state you know china it's all there uh you just got to go that's do your own do your own research figure it out. yeah <laughs> that's where it started they were just waiting biding their time <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah right in front of us there's actually a, a Chinese uh, Chinese Communist Party member probably above your roof right now um, recording this whole podcast, too. Um, they're figuring out ways that they're going to uh, edit this information and send it out there. It's all part of the plan. You just got to understand this. Always watching. Chinese Santa. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious! I actually want to see a Chinese Santa now. I mean, <laughs> that would uh, that'd be great. So um, <laughs> we're going back on to the music. Then you just released um, your latest EP, which is uh, Abstract. It's got what is it? Three or four tracks right now? Three, uh, three, three. songs. Yeah, three yeah. tracks on there, and uh, one of them features New Gent, who we've had on the show before. And the other features Marvel, who we've yet to have on the show, but a very good friend of ours. And who's the other guy that you guys did that with? Uh, Vusiv. He's an artist from Cincinnati. Um, you know, one of the blessings of the internet is we can pass, you know, songs back and forth online. So that's so people, fucking cool. So you've yeah. never met in person? Um, we met once in person at the Unce Festival uh, that I played last year up in, um, it's kind of by Yosemite out in like a really nice part. Um, they're hoping to run their festival sometime later this year. And I think October, um, they had to like postpone it, but it's usually at the beginning of June. So just about this time last year is when I met him the first time. Um, but it was just for a couple days. Uh, and, uh, since then we've been talking online and I've loved his music. And so we started passing stems back and forth and, you know, he added some cool stuff and marble added some cool stuff and we did it in person to me and marble. 
uh, for a few sessions and I was able to finish it up. And uh, it's a really cool combination of all three of our sounds coming together for a song, which is my favorite thing. I don't like um, to do a collaboration song where it's just strongly one artist with a little hint of the other. I like it where it's in, you know, kind of equal parts of everybody. So that's that's what's been really fun for this EP and the last EP I released, uh, Level Up, where I did a mega collab with Zimbu, Asteroids and Earthquakes, and 5AM. And yeah. that was also just a really nice combination of everybody's influences and styles coming together. Awesome. Yeah, uh, so that is freaking sweet that you were able to, to do that. I need to get on that tech game where I could pass stems, as you say, back and forth to other people and make some shit happen. Especially during this, uh, this COVID thing. to a good start by saying stems like that. Yeah, as these you know, stems, stems as the kids call it. Yeah, as stems. the kids call it. <laughs> like the, the, I like that meme with the Tony Hawk with Steve Buscemi, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater meme, where he's like, uh, he comes in, it's like, oh, when you're 30 years old and you find out that uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater is doing a revamp, and then it's like the picture of Steve just like dressed up as a skater and he's like oh hey fellow kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's totally... awesome i love I steve buscemi yeah definitely and i mean there's so much about that guy too not to get off on a crazy tangent but that's surprise. i didn't know he was uh, a firefighter before and actually went out and helped uh during 9-11 and, and volunteered his time and did all that extra stuff and uh that was surprising in a very good way for me but yeah i love steve too he's i mean i can't think of any any role where he's not where he doesn't really just make the movie so much better than what it is. He's just got such an interesting face and personality. Like you can't look away and like, there's something endearing, like is your friend or like mixed kind of with a creepy uncle, but you know, like it's, it's something that just grabs your attention. And I think that's like on a level that most actors don't get to like, well, he has he's something very in his versatile. Eyes. Yeah, he's yeah. very versatile. He's played a lot of different types of roles. I mean, when you look at his role in Fargo to his role in pretty much 90% of his movies where he's, you know, outspoken and talks a lot to where he's like Donnie from The Big Lebowski. And he just, you know. Yeah, I love that role. That <laughs> movie's awesome. Yeah, maybe they should have, Adam Sandler should have put him in Uncut Gems to make that movie better because that was god oh, awful. I yeah. was watching that today. What'd you think? Oh, man. I couldn't I, finish it. I, I, did, I didn't finish it either. I just turned it off and I went to the beach. So uh, I'm, not al- I'm not alone in this. I, I posted something yeah, about I, it. I, I thought I was crazy. Everybody was like, oh, this movie's so good. Fucking I think it's just people it's wanting to, I think it's people wanting yeah. to like that shit because, I mean, don't get me wrong. Adam Sandler did play, a, a, he did an excellent job at playing an absolutely despicable character, but there was not one likable character in the whole movie. And you're just waiting for something positive to happen for some sort of life changing realization that makes him you know get out of this or something that really goes his way it was just like bad the whole time and the cacophony of voices it was just over yeah like, that you like it made me just really never want to go to new york <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, yeah it's kind of like new york full of gambling yeah. and yelling and like weird crossovers between i don't know that do do we from the west coast see that and just not identify with everything and go what the fuck is this shit we don't know anybody like that this is insane like where it, it's kevin garnett's in it right yeah 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 okay yeah i was like what the fuck is kevin garnett doing because he goes in and just starts acting so weird i'm like what what is the point of this i i i, I don't know so wait was this a true story I, was this like some i thought that there was it was a true story uh i could believe it I could believe it could be true. 
it just the way they told it didn't make you relate to the characters at all. It all was just like kind of fast paced mafia esque, uh, you know, blurring of like multiple movies trying to take like, you know, uh, the Goodfellas and mix right. it with Blood Diamonds and yeah. mix it with Casino you know, and, and all that Adam stuff. And Adam Sandler's twin sister show up and really <laughs> spice things up about halfway through. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I, I, it was like one of those things because I posted this and uh, some people agreed with me and some people were like, oh, what didn't you like about it? I really like this and, and started talking about, you know, the themes that it that it explored. I'm like, those are not unexplored themes. There's plenty of other works of art that have explored those very same themes to where this was unnecessary for me to watch. Like I didn't, you know, there wasn't anything really uh, good about it. I just thought, fuck, you know, I wasted two hours of my life watching this right now. And uh, yeah, I thought it was definitely overhyped and um, not a movie that I would watch again. Didn't make me think, maybe didn't make me think any differently about what I already felt about like the whole blood diamond shit so yeah well well what did you think about the third season of westworld um at first i was liking the uh i was liking how they they switched it up because for me personally the first two seasons though they were good for story building the it had to get out of that that westworld that park you know it had to kind of get into the real world. And I thought that the predictions and the way that they really uh, envisioned like tech in the future and things going uh, in the future was very interesting and almost a little too realistic to be comfortable. Um, but it also was kind of boring and I'm, I'm like mixed emotions on it, to be honest. I, yeah, I couldn't take the way every single character, every single scene, every line was like the end of an episode line or something like that. It was just <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was the, joy. Uh, CSI Miami style. Yeah. Oh my Where god! Exactly. Off the shades. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody was doing David Caruso, and <laughs> only have shades. And so it's just like they're talking to each other in these just weird ways. It's like, well, you know, maybe sometimes the darkness takes hold, and there's not anything anybody <laughs> in do. Yeah. Westworld. Damn it! They smack a table and they look around. And they're like, yeah, I, was, "I was asking what you wanted for lunch. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it was just so. There's no break in it. There was no. There's no fun. It yeah. was just. It was just weird and dark. And so I haven't finished it. I have not. I have like. I was super pumped to like get to it. And I like fuck. I like what they're doing overall. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't like. Yeah. Hate yeah. It, but I just couldn't take. Fucking uh, Jesse Pinkman just fucking yeah. being angry and seeing the fucking uh, vein in his head, and then everybody just being emotionless and stoic and dark. It's like if every character is like that, it's stupid. It's like I like him and, a lot, but he's like, just too dramatic. Punch, you can't act. I, and I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to make it funny. And then they just didn't. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. what? Uh, what's going on here? What's well, you know, speaking here? of Jesse Pinkman, one of the shows that I've recently binge watched that oh, I God. never watched when it first came out was uh bojack horseman yeah bojack and, he, and that show is fucking then? awesome what do you think his about ca- his character his, like uh todd the asexual um like <laughs> kind of buffoon but like the you kind of want to love him the yeah dummy, yeah i i thought the whole show was brilliant like th- there's never been an animated series that has hit on such a deep level and kept my interest the whole time 
other than like um, Adventure Time and now Midnight Gospel. You really um, like the cynical shit yeah. then, because I can agree with you that it's a great show. Uh, I've seen actually in uh, like a recent uh, ratings of the uh, like best shows to come out since The Simpsons, and it was number one on there. And I was a little bit surprised by that. And for me, it was because it was a little bit it's dark. It's fucking sad. It's like depressing. It's real, shit. though. It's, yeah, it's absolutely real. It's, it's real. It's great writing. It's excellent. writing. Yeah. But it's just it. You, I have to be in a good mood to watch it because it just, you know, makes me depressed. Kind of like how. Oh, yeah. Uncut no, Gems you made me depressed, but at least this Bojack's funny. Yeah, no, but Bo- Bojack hit me some nights like really hard where I was like, fuck, dude, my whole night's ruined. But then other times like I was laughing super hard and a, a lot of it I really related to. Like they-, they made it very honest and visceral and like a, a real experience. Uh, like the- through the animation, they were able to tell real life almost better than they could with real like actors in like a real scenario it was pretty interesting that they were able to do that yeah uh, well i like i like show. you never seen it at all i've never seen a clip i've never seen anything from oh it. dude you should watch bojack horseman like i i highly suggest it it's worth it it's good. one of my favorites of this uh the whole quarantine times because of course we've all been binge watching like a ridiculous amount right but but this whole time that's been one of my favorite shows and then uh i definitely got to give love to midnight gospel because i okay. think that no. that one also oh. hits like on a on a real level and is um i there were, the first time i watched it like my eyes got super wide and i was like what you're inside my brain like, uh-huh. because oh, i feel like all of us are kind of forced to deal with existentialism right now um being stuck by ourselves and with our thoughts and a lot of the times that's how i've lived the last you know 10 years trying to be an artist and write music and you know be vulnerable to myself and be in my mind a lot and smoking a lot of weed too and and, um midnight gospel hit me at a uh, level where i was like this is crazy like it's speaking the words that my brain needs to hear Mm -hmm. to be comfortable but there it's also like mildly terrifying me but like in a way that's like i'm on my favorite roller coaster mm-hmm. and like i and like i just i gotta keep riding it and um i i definitely think that people should watch that show too yeah that's yeah, Duncan's that's podcast man at a better time that's exactly how i put it too mm-hmm. was that like oh shit i like this was the exact moment i needed to hear a lot of this like and just get reacquainted with it because i stepped you know you get away from it life gets in the way and and a lot of those ideas they get kind of they get a little bit fuzzier you know before without you really realizing and mm-hmm. watching that over again was like oh man it was it was a beautiful thing and God, i love the way you put that roller coaster you know like it was scary it like fucking you face with your own mortality i mean shit i'm not the only one who has like lost sleep you know since march yeah. just thinking about yeah. shit like that you know and so it really just hit at the right time. Absolutely. Well, I feel like I've I've been swimming in this pool that's like I'm in the deep end and I'm just like wading water in this feeling of ex- existentialism and only being here temporary. And like uh, I look around and everybody's outside the pool drinking and like doesn't seem to care. Like and there's just a few people that might be in the pool with me and I feel like very by myself. But I feel like during this time, 
everybody's been like shoved in the pool and and is forced to also look at the same thing I'm seeing and is waiting in the water too. And like, you know, all the silliness of YOLO from before where people are kind of making fun of it and stuff and not really taking it seriously. I think now everybody's faced to look in a mirror that uh, they've not looked in before. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was a beautiful metaphor. Yeah. I feel like I was searching for to describe some shit since everything uh, everything got kicked off here. But yeah, no, that's oh. Speaking uh, of of timely uh, releases for shows as well, have you either of you did you ever did either of you ever follow Avatar: The Last Airbender? So I've no. been seeing you post about this, and it's all over my social medias. And um, I started watching it about three days ago, and I'm like six episodes in. And it's, I got to say, I do like it a lot. It is, I mean, as far as like being a children's show and, you know, this kind of just goes to show that uh, like you don't really know, there is never, I guess like growing up in the early days for Nickelodeon for me, where you had like all the classics and then once you got old enough and you, you know, after SpongeBob, you kind of just like disregarded all the cartoons that were coming out and you're like, didn't really like the style of animation. You, you kind of just wrote them off without ever seeing them. And this came out a time where I was not into cartoons at all. And then I'd heard about it in like the last couple of years, people were like, Oh man, you've got to watch the last airbender. But it was never, it wasn't anywhere for me to stream just recently came out on Netflix. I watched it and I'm like, damn, like this is one of those things that just makes you realize you can never say anything or just underestimate shit because it is definitely like, it would have been one of my favorite shows of all time. It actually is becoming one of my favorite shows of all time. Oh, so it's the, not new. It's no, it's, it's so from, old, it's the original from 2007, I think was the okay. first season. 2005. Okay. I thought there was like a new one you were talking oh, about. Oh, 2005. 2005. And there was a follow-up one called the legend of Korra, which, t- which was the reincarnation of this uh, avatar. Um, I like got a 17 year old. Okay. So it's kind of a little bit more mature. Um, I've heard a couple, I've, I've heard it recommended, to me by a lot of people to, to follow this one up with, but uh, the avatar, <laughs> this one is just so the themes are so relevant. Like right now, all of the themes that you, that uh, the further you go, there's just, they really touch everything. And it, and it's truly uh, a, you know, bridge to the, over this gap between like the anime world and the Western cartoons, Westernized cartoons. It's like something that everybody can really enjoy and love. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, it, it's got just the writing is on point, but uh, character development is, is amazing. But it really it helps you spiritually. Like I was watching something um, that one of the episodes yesterday where uh, they were talking about the chakras and, you know, whether you believe in that kind of stuff or not, it was something that uh, I've been told and kind of recently discovered like a blockage in the sacral chakra, which is the chakra uh, like in your stomach and we've all know that I have like stomach issues and whatnot. Well, yeah. he was like talking to this monk and the monk was like telling him how to like release the certain blockage from all of these chakras. And I, damn dude, as it, like that did more for me than like any of these spiritual talks or, uh, you know, like speeches that I've heard people talk about. It was just like from a cartoon. It was like, Whoa, boom, just, shed some fucking light on me and that was that was just one example of several things that i'm like this is here right now at this moment to help a lot of people kind of navigate these treacherous waters that they're treading in right now um 
trying to, to figure out, to find to their power them, and their strength, to bend them, if you will, you know, and it, it really goes into uh, the, the different, you know, like strengths and weaknesses and how utilizing them together collectively to, to accomplish something. I do think that whoever wrote the show had been burned severely by a fire sign, though. That's pretty evident in the, the thing. Oh, man. <laughs> That's why it's a cartoon and not live action. Yeah, this will convert Kevin over to to loving astrology, probably. So I got to say, I've recently, after hearing the multiple people spouting all this astrology nonsense. I've taken, <laughs> I've, I've taken a strong opinion on it, kind of like we had with our Taco Bell and Del Taco Wars, and how <laughs> we are on Waffle Fam and we're we're against pancakes, you know. So I think I am now on Team Astronomy, and I am very much off and against Team Astrology. And the reason why I think that people, exclusive? they are, it is mutually <laughs> exclusive because. Astrology gets some of its cues from astronomy, but astrology is not based in science. It's a lot of generalities and like wait, though, wait. Astrology past was stories. Around, astrology's been around a lot longer than astronomy, so I guess so, that statement in itself is incorrect. So what one of my friends just wrote on one of the things I shared recently is that um, before uh, chemistry, there was alchemy. And people would talk about alchemy, but now it's chemistry. And before there was astronomy, there was astrology. Before so there I was could understand there was mystical psychology. Yeah. Yeah. But what I think is we need to look for our cues from our universe or maybe even multiverse, uh, you know, as to what kind of scenario we're in and reality and not necessarily on mysticism and guesswork. I think that. Uh, the cosmos teaches us that there is tons of chaos in the universe, but there's also a little bit of order and there's moments where things kind of come together, but it's always temporal. It never lasts forever. And that's very like good mindset to understand where we're at now. But that's we're... expressed in astrology as well. But astrology will tell you because you're born on a certain day, you have a certain personality and you're, you're, you have certain characteristics and I think that's very much based on how you're raised and how the, the environment in which you grow up in. Well, you know, uh, like... that's, a lot of that's also uh, very widely misinterpreted and biased by people that are, you know, making money off of this sort of stuff, too. Or, you know, usually kind of interpreting things to to confirm or affirm their own feelings or their wants. Uh, there's a lot of things. to do, And of course, it's not an exact science. Like that's not to appreciate astrology is not to like go and say, like if you're one of those people that goes around and just complains or blames everything on Mercury being in retrograde, then yeah, you're probably dumb. But uh, you know, there's just something very interesting about it. I think that, and it's very fun to notice that despite the obvious, yeah, like you have uh, the factors of your, how you were brought up and how you were raised obviously play a huge role into how you develop as a person but there are yeah. definitely some strong like character traits that people have that you can tell. Not always, but I mean, there is there is absolutely. And I, I don't mind sounding crazy about this, but like there are definitely uh, a lot of very comical similarities in the way that people are based on their signs. 
And uh, it's, mm. it's something I used to be, I actually was a major, major skeptic of it before. And it's not like I, I said, I'm not, I don't think about it as a science per se. Like, I just think it's an interesting thing to just understand a little by little as, as through your own experience. But when I was dating my ex and she was really into it, she was kind of just into just about everything. I went to this like this uh, lesson in Long Beach where they were talking all this stuff and I was questioning them and pissing them the fuck off and making them really upset because I was just like, yeah, like basically say this is this is bullshit, you know, but from that from then on, I would start to pay attention and really notice things that I, I just can't deny have been very interesting. And that's about that's as far as I go with it. I just love giving you a hard time, though, because you're so against it like as if you uh can't entertain some of it just for fun as well as trust science <laughs> and astronomy well i mean it could give you maybe perspective or you know s- some ideas to consider but i see a lot of people very devout with astrology as it is like they're like equal to their spirituality which i think should be separate and i think where that gets even crazier is that they align it with their religion. And so they'll practice it, you know, daily and they'll, they'll spout it out. It's like, you know, just keep that for you. You don't need to be really pushing all these crazy thoughts because not everybody is defined in your little tarot cards and your books, you know, like everybody is different and unique. And a lot of them, like humans, all we are is brains inside of our heads and we just pick up things like sponges as we're developing over the years. And, you know, the way you dressed in middle school is not how you did in high school and the music wasn't. And it was all based on what your friends did because you liked what they did and you kind of wanted to absorb some of that for to be you. You were like, OK, I, I, I like that. I want that to be me. No. And like over time, that stacks up and that's who we are now. It's just like how you create a character in a video game or you decorate an avatar. It's like we we attach all these values from all these different influences and that's who we are. It's not based on some like cosmic plan because you were born at six o'clock on April 3rd. You know, like that's so you're I, trying I just to tell me that, so. that you wore Jinko jeans because your friends did and not because you're a Sagittarius. yeah i did wear those jeans and it was because they were super cool to play pogs like if i was gonna be good at pogs you know and fucking win the big slammers i had to be in the janko jeans yeah the janko jeans and with your blades right the the blades not roller skates but the blades the blades fat the fat oh hell no team blades no roller skating yo i was all blades Yep. I was did so you have good. The soap? Did you have the soap shoes too? Oh, I don't know. The ones no. with the the arch that had the plastic and you could running. grind. You could run and grind on benches. Oh, you know, well, I lived in Michigan, which is like five years to ten years behind California at all times, <laughs> even now. <laughs> so, like, I don't know if those even reached out there. Hmm. Maybe not. I don't know. But I did see it in. You don't even need shoes to grind on in Michigan. It's so fucking cold. Everything's just iced over. You could do it. Ah. I used to I used to actually flatten the snow in my backyard with a shovel and then grab the hose and hose it. And the next day I'd have a skating rink in my backyard and I'd ice skate and practice hockey. Wow. That's uh, that's something that that grateful for my life. 
I've never <laughs> had to deal with any of that shit. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, Fuck dude, shoveling no snow, way. dude. Fuck shoveling snow. I'm happy to live out here. I yeah. did like one time in my life, and it's like never again. Mm. Where? Where did you shovel snow? Oh man, that was a fucking. That is a story. But that was the one right. time it took us 23 hours to get to Big Bear. And uh, oh yeah, it was fucking wow. gnarly. And, and when Big we Bear finally got two hours there, of the way, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it was like 22. It was like 21 hours later that we finally get to the cabin that we rented, and we were at the spot, but we couldn't see it. And then we look on this giant snow hill, and we see a chimney sticking out, stick, ugh, sticking out of the top, and we're like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> wow. And then we had to dig the cabin out to get there. Oh shit. And then I think I slept for the next day, and then we yeah. didn't going snowboarding at all. So good that, times. That'll- Good That's times. the worst story I've ever heard. No, it's it's very tough. Like especially as a kid trying to shovel like the driveway and stuff. Like I had jobs all year round between uh, you know lawn mowing and then shoveling <laughs> snow. You know, like, I made tons of money, but um, it sucked. Like it's child labor. It, it was terrible. It's like oh, shoveling coal. Yeah, that is brutal. I, yeah. Well, so what is on the agenda now for you, Kevin, with uh, with with music? Aside from uh, the live streams, are you now putting anything together, preparing for when things do go back? Uh, you know, for when we open up for stuff like, are there any 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 things for your label, for uh, the your brand, for anything that you're working on that you're that you're thinking about for one sense? So uh, I've been trying to take some time and be really thoughtful about what I'm going to do with my time going forward because shows where uh, we're having masses gathered together, big festivals and stuff are still not going to hit until I think next year. So we have a lot of time as artists to rethink, you know, what's in our studio gear wise and what's our process for mixing down tracks and mastering. So I've been going on different producers twitches and hitting them up on messages on facebook and taking lessons and learning my craft even better um and and taking time to really you know discover who i want to be as an artist and um my plans are uh throughout this year to continually keep releasing um songs here and there and and let it flow as it may but on the on the backside, I'm actually working on a full-length jazz album um, to feature some different, very talented artists along with myself. Um, that's gonna, you know, push into a, a level of musicianship that I haven't gone into yet, and I'm excited for that challenge. Um, I also the the live streams included. I have a bunch of them still hitting, so my plan is to also keep. Uh, working with all these different locations and places that I haven't before and build up uh, an even bigger following through online as well as uh, exposure to all these new markets so that when things do open up, I have a pathway to succeed playing over the entire world, hopefully. Nice. Well, so I've taken the liberty of uh, doing your a drawing for you as well as uh, you know, looking up your birth chart. Do you want me to tell you whether any of this is actually going to come into play or not? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man. Um, I mean, I don't know about birth charts or birth anything. Uh, <laughs> but um, the artwork, I gotta say, the Dr. Sauce artwork for my last EP has been full of incredible praise. I also love it and we'll have merch coming out soon. Uh, hoodies, well, that, That's how I meant by the drawing, by the way. I meant your tarot card drawing because I combined Yeah, I know cards. where you're going, but uh, <laughs> uh, the good drawing that you did, I had to give credit to because everybody should be on the lookout for Dr. Sauce. That stuff is great. Thank you. I've got another uh, one coming out soon with Marble uh, for his... I'm actually teaming up with legend on it because he's been doing some pretty cool stuff digitally. Um, oh, nice. and so I did the drawing and I'm, I passed it over now doing what you guys do as you guys call it, the stems passing along. I'm like 60 years old in the 30 year old body. Um, oh, so I, I gave him the drawing and I'm excited to see what he comes up with. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to being able to do that more often for more of the homies and just collaborate. Yeah, yeah, it's been really cool to see. Um, you know, we had the little Black Bear and Coyote album that we put together, and to see you develop as a vocalist and guitarist and 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 create a full band sound, and then go into now being an artist making album art for other musicians and and people it's been really cool to see how you can hit jack of all trades but so successfully and even now we're on a podcast that you're on so i commend you on all your creative outlets i think it's been real cool as a friend well thank see you yeah i, I know I how mutual that feeling is dude seeing you succeed as much as you have in the past year two years the whole time i've known you has been fucking really rewarding for everyone else too, man. I'm fucking so happy for you. Between... The jack of all asses and master of none, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, you, you were talking about me, Phil, not not Kevin. I right? was most definitely not talking about you. Oh, okay, never mind. He's <laughs> okay. So then, yeah, Kevin. Oh, okay. I guess we lost. Uh, we lost Kevin. And we are back. Okay, so it turns out, uh, Kev, you were exactly right when it said lost connection. We really did lose the last, uh, you know, six or seven minutes of that. So we're just going to go ahead and redo it. My man, Star Fox, tell us what you've got coming up. Okay, so I'm excited for this weekend. I've got a couple really awesome events. On Friday, I have a private event I'm playing online that's to the scale of lightning in a bottle. It's one of the best crews I've ever worked with. Literally the best music festival I've ever been to. So all my friends listening to this, hit me up. I've got some uh, actual guest passes to attend this event. But I can't say anything more about it because they are always very private about their events as to keep them just completely hidden only to those that go and know. Um, but no Nobody listens to this show, so we're yeah. good. But this Saturday... <laughs> This Saturday, I'm I, know, planning, I know which one you were talking about, by the way. You know, like which yeah. I want both of you guys to be part of the people that go because I think you'd love it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and you can have guest passes. That's Ooh. one of the perks. Uh, but this this Saturday, um, I'm playing a live stream called the Space Beam live stream. It's for uh, Trisha's birthday party. Um, it's going to be going to a great cause. Unfortunately, she's dealing with breast cancer. So the entire event, all the artists are playing, donating their time. Uh, and all the people running the event donating their time to create something that's not only super fun with three channels of 
bass, breaks, boogie, house, um, all hosted by Hush Concerts. But it's it's meant to go to a great cause of helping Trish out. So come check it out uh, Saturday. It's going to have Minnesota, Fort Knox 5, Suhan, Secret Recipe, Me Star Fox, Smashletooth, Demoth. That's all on the base stage. And then there's a house stage, too, with Christian Martin, Henry Pope, Louis Bagels, Diva Danielle, Fleetwood Smack, uh, and Zero the Hero, my good friend who's helping organize this. So uh, come check that out. It starts at 12 p.m. on Saturday. And then after that, because I love playing great causes, I'm actually going out uh, and playing an event on June 13th to save an event space called The Cairo. Uh, it's out in Chicago. This mm. crew is an awesome crew. They throw shows and support artists in our scene all the time. But because of the quarantine, they're... Their venue is at risk of closing down forever, and we don't like that kind of stuff. So I am super proud and happy to be part of their event uh, for Swamp Woofer. Speaking and, of which, uh, did you hear about the hi-hat? I don't want to go ahead and make that a bad thing, but the hi-hat's closed, too. Oh, is it going to be permanent, oh, or are they changing, like, owners? I, I heard that it's for sale, so oh, I'm okay. not sure. Yeah, but anyways, don't. Yeah, go ahead and well, keep going with what you're saying. If if you're interested in throwing events coming up in the next year or two, actually now is actually a really great time to find a new venue and even buy it and purchase that venue, because though things are kind of tough right now in our current circumstances, um, it's moving things around, and I think that the culture, the music, is still going to be there. Um, so it doesn't matter where we're at as long as we're all together. And us artists are still going to keep creating. So just oh, keep your ear out as to where to go. Beautifully said. Okay. And then, so what else we got going on? Um, besides that, I've got lots of music. Uh, still working on um, the jazz album that I was saying. That's going to hopefully come out by the end of the year. Um, but besides that, I've got another EP in the works. Lots of collabs. I've got Alejo in on a song. Very talented. Hullabaloo, we've got a collab track coming out, uh, 5 a.m., some more songs with him. So keep your ears out, your eyes peeled. We've got lots of music coming forward for me. How about uh, you, Phil? What you got coming up? Oh, man. Well, I was just going to remind everybody to subscribe to the podcast. Um, however, you go ahead and get your little podcast at um, and follow us on social media. That is at LittleBleedCast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For myself, you can find me at Phil Nobody Cares on Twitter and at Nobody Cares Phil on Instagram. Yeah. And you can always find me uh, on Instagram at HoodRatStuff. That's HoodRatStuff with three Fs. Check out my art. That's a Dr. Sauce, Dr. Underscore Sauce with three Cs. And Very just, talented. Very then, talented, that Dr. Sauce. That Dr. Sauce getting saucier. Yeah, I like to get saucy <laughs> every now and then. So uh, I guess that's it for me. We're going to go ahead and listen to a track by the legendary Star Fox over here from his new EP. Uh, we have selected the first uh, song on the tr on the, the album, and that is Sludge Bucket. Sludge we'll Go ahead Bucket. and say something really quick about Sludge Bucket before we sign off and listen to that. So Sludge Bucket, it's just full of all that great alien sound design I love, stuff that takes you really out of your mind and into another dimension. It's all about traveling in a psychedelic journey through portals. Right on. So imagine yourself 
floating through a wormhole trumpet that is blasting out this space-based music and you're gonna go talk to some fucking extraterrestrials probably have some extraterrestrial concoctions and uh you know just have a good time while listening to it thank you very much for tuning in as always let it bleed